This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FRJ Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Hughes, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and explore relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter and more reflective explanation of the Sunday Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Banana boat. Du, 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 du. I have this thing in my head, I don't know. Okay, so welcome to the Catholic Influences podcast, episode 2, season 10, and we're so blessed to have you with us. I sound like a DJ, right? Eh? A little bit. You sound yeah. like a radio announcer. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what would your DJ name be if you were one? <laughs> DJ FRG. Oh, no, that no, was I don't creative. know. That's too many acronyms, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> too many letters. <laughs> no, so, uh, no, I'm, I'll, I'll be a terrible DJ. I'll be so glad. <laughs> but. Well, I mean, anyway, I'm here. you know, I used to dream of being a DJ. Really? I used to dream that one day I would have a radio program, not a DJ like on on a, on a nightclub, but a DJ in on a radio station. And so probably this is the the closest, closest thing. Look, you're pressing <laughs> all the buttons. I know. You're doing all you the things. The but I live really like. I remember dream. dreaming one night, and and thinking, man. I I need I I want to be a, di- There's a DJ. There's still time. Okay. I believe in <laughs> yeah. you. Reach well, for the stars. Follow <laughs> your dreams. Really, who listens to radio anymore? Podcasts are the thing. So this is the equivalent. The so this is the fulfillment of a dream. Well, how, what listen? What radio do you listen to? Oh, Christian radio stations. Uh, when you're driving, right? Yeah. No. Uh, what do you? No, I listen oh, to podcast. Like, look. I listen to it's a, audio. It's a books. mix of things. Yeah, yeah. I personally listen to the Catholic Influences podcast. <laughs> how about you guys? Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I I listen to audiobooks. I I read not read technically uh, an audiobook uh, I think um every 3 weeks because of my because of yeah because I drive so much I suppose. That's wild. So That's you really listen to radio sense. and podcasts. Look, it depends what mood I'm in. If I want to sing, like do I want to listen do I want to learn? Like, yeah. Am I alone in the car? You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think because I subscribe to Audible, like uh, this is not not an ad, but uh, they give you 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 can't buy a book like you have to subscribe for credits, and so they send you a credit every month whether you listen to it or not, and if you unsubscribe, they delete all your like that is so rude. I know. Yeah, but then if you that. unsubscribe, which I did, they continue like it's very good marketing. They continue to send me things to get me back. Yeah. But it causes me to read a book. So I think, oh, my credit is going to expire. So I need to get another book. So anyway, I I enjoy it. (laughs) Reading books. Unique insights. (laughs) Well, because I'm not not a reader. Are you a reader? I love reading. I just Ah. don't, I don't make the time for it. But I do enjoy a book. My spiritual director, whenever people ask him like, hey, what should we get Father Rob for his birthday? He always tells them. Whatever you do, don't get him a book because he's already got one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. I don't, Look, you either I, love it or you don't. Yeah. I, every time I go on holiday, I like to bring a book. Yes. My husband doesn't like reading. Yeah. So we have this joke. Um, he's like, I'm bored. What should I do? Read, read a, a book. book. <laughs> um, but he won't. So. Oh, well. I, yeah. and, well, I read a lot because of audiobooks, so thank God for audiobooks. And if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just contact it. us. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's get okay. into the podcast. <laughs> okay. Thank you for seeking the Lord with us today. If you long for more content and resources, check out our church online 
FRG Ministries Church Online is where you will find ongoing spiritual nourishment and inspiration. Online Mass, Prayer, Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Worship Music, Eucharistic Adoration, and so much more. You can even submit your prayer requests and commit to pray for others. FRG Ministry Church Online will inspire and deepen your love and understanding of Christ and His Church. Be blessed by FRG Ministries Church Online at frgministry.com slash churchonline. So as we prepare to listen to this Sunday's upcoming gospel reading, we might start off with a prayer. So if you'd like to join me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that we have to break open your word and learn a little bit more about you. And we just pray that you would give us open hearts, wherever it is that we may be listening today, open hearts to encounter you in a new way and that we'd be open to um, listening to the unique way that you'd like to speak to us today. Um, And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today we're going to be unpacking Matthew 21, verses 28 to 32. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe in him. I love how Jesus starts this um, gospel reading. He he starts with, what do you think? What do you think? Which is um, quite interesting. What came to my mind even as I read this is, is one of the things that we do as a ministry is we develop courses, online courses, and we a lot of the courses that we develop are for for schools and they're used in youth groups and they're used in, in parishes. And as we develop these courses, one of the things that when we first started, we got a lot of um, pushback from from the US. The, uh, we, we built it for an Australian market, so to speak. And when we started it in the US, the US started to um, say, hey, this, this is great content, but it, it doesn't really work for us because um, we... The way the Americans work, for those of you in America, please confirm or don't confirm <laughs> this, but is, is that they want to be told what to believe and how to believe, which we all want to and which is very important. But it never starts with a premise like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? Mm. I want to explain a truth to you, but I want you to break it open. I want you to understand. I want you to internalize it. 
while the Australian market is because we have a, a deep-seated, I think, um, mistrust for authority coming from the convict days, coming from the um, a mistrust of, of, of authority. We're less didactic, we're less the way we approach, even the way we've approached this podcast, it's more about um, uh, how, how, how we think. And so Jesus, I think, was very much on that, uh, and, and that would have been a very Semitic, that would have been a very uh, Middle Eastern attitude, is, hey, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but what do you think about this? Look, I have this, this is what I think, what I know God says, but what do you think? And so he starts with this because he wants us to internalize. He wants us to think. He wants us to hold on. And he wants us, he wants to, not just to inspire us, but also to own the teaching. Mm, yeah. And this is also, um, he does this in a number of ways. In this chapter of Matthew's gospel, there's actually three parables that are kind of, the idea of them is to condemn the leaders of Jerusalem for rejecting the Messiah. And so Jesus is using layman's terms, terms that they would have completely understood, Um and getting them, to, as you said, Father, of getting them to in, say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Interpret it in their own words and basically teach themselves. That's, that's the idea of what he's trying to do here. But I think one of the points we can pull out of this is that Jesus wasn't afraid to offend people mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be either. Um so, in relation to this story, um, the tax collectors and the prostitutes that Jesus talks about, he says they'll enter the kingdom of God before the chief priests. Now, these tax collectors and prostitutes were considered the absolute bottom of the socio-religious scale. And further to that, also outside of God's covenant. And for that, the chief, priest, chief priests kind of looked down upon them. But if we relate them to this um, first son in the story, we can see that they rebelled initially, but then eventually they repented. And so for Jesus to say that these outsiders who lived sinful lives would enter the kingdom of God before the chief priests would, that would have been super offensive. Um, But Jesus wasn't afraid to offend the chief priests because they were basically professing righteousness. They weren't genuine. They said one thing, did another. They were more reflective of the other son in this story. Um, and Jesus was calling them out. And so we still see this kind of happening today. And I, um, I think Jesus is teaching us in this gospel passage that we shouldn't be afraid to call things out for what they are, even at the risk of offending someone. Mm. It's hard. Um, and we obviously have to be discerning with that, but we shouldn't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what he was doing there is he was calling out the fact that they were hypocrites, that they'd say one thing and then not do it. And so what that really drives home for us is just reminding us the value of um, actions over words. Like if you Mm -hmm. say you're going to do something, do it. Um, And I think more so because it's our actions that really reveal the truth. So if you say you're going to do something and then you don't, that actually reveals a truth about you. You know, that maybe you just said yes in a moment to save face or because it was easier, but really... Uh, you know, that's that didn't really align with the truth about who you were. So it can be really exposing and that should really confront us mm-hmm. that if um, if my actions expose the truth about who I am, what is the truth about who I am? And am, am I happy with that? Or does there need to be some reflection about that? Um, it, it can reveal our commitment to faith as well. And so um, I think one thing I find encouraging rather than acting out of fear of what other people think about us, which is what we can do if mm. we realize that, is that our actions um, can also demonstrate our love for God. Mm-hmm. So if that's our motivation, if we find that there's an area of our life where we're like, wow, I, I lack a lot of integrity in what I'm, I'm doing. I'm saying one thing and I'm not doing it. 
maybe if you change the way that you look about that, if you found that you've been flaky or, or you know, backed out on things last minute or, or whatever it is, maybe you can say, well, how can I demonstrate my love for God through this decision that I'm making, mm-hmm. that it's reflecting what I said I would do? Um, I think that that could be a really beautiful way to look uh, to look at it, you know, and in scripture it says in Matthew five twenty seven, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, and sometimes that can be really, really hard to do, but um, it's, it's truthful and we want to be truth-filled and truthful people as well. When I see this young man who said, like, um, I'll do it, but then I didn't, I wonder, I wonder his motive, you know, because on the one hand, yes, I agree that our yes needs to be yes and our no needs to be no, but Sometimes, like from the human element, from the human experience, that we have the full intention of doing something right, right? And then mm. c- we come to, to a moment where we become lazy or we mm. get distracted or we mess up. And, and this is not to justify uh, and to discount the, the fact that our yes is not yes and our mm-hmm, no is not mm-hmm. no. But like there was this, um, I don't know, I don't know if it's even a joke, but this is a situation where there was this young a man who used to go from one prayer meeting after the next prayer meeting and say, God, fill me to overflow. And he would repent and he would say, God, I'm going to turn away from my sins. And the preacher would come and he'd lay his hands on, on this man and pray, God, fill him to overflowing, fill him. And he'd go out full of joy. And then the next week he'd come back, God, I'm so sorry again. I, I've, I've messed up. Fill me to overflowing. And finally, one person in the congregation just shouts out. He, he, he comes up to the front and, you know, he says, God, fill me to overflowing. And the preacher comes forward and the guy in the congregation shouts out, don't do it, don't do it, because he leaks. Mm. In other words, that if he fills to overflowing, but he leaks, he melts, he, he, um, everything, the, his, everything he intended to do right, he doesn't. He, he messes up, like St. Paul, you know, in Romans, mm-hmm. everything I, I, I know I should do, I mm. don't do, but everything I, I, I know I should be doing, uh, I shouldn't be doing, I do it anyway. This is St. Paul. And so I don't think that Jesus is actually talking about that, that human weakness, that sometimes that we do mess up, we don't keep to our word. But it's about intention. You know, mm. we come to the place where we know we're not going to do it, but we do it so that we save face, like you're saying, you know. That it's so that we um, are seen to do good. And this is where it becomes dangerous. I was, again, once friends with a, with a, a preacher, and he would go around the world preaching, and... He would fill up stadiums like 16. I may have even talked about this story at a, in a previous podcast, but he would go around and I'm telling you, like it was the most in- intense and most powerful prayer meeting that I had ever been to and physical healings, literally people walking out of wheelchairs and it was one miracle after the other. And I do believe that God's presence was there because I remember just experiencing the presence of God there. But then he invited us out to eat and all he did was say double sense jokes and he was crude and he was rude and I thought where how do you reconcile mm-hmm. what was happening on that stage with where we are now and I believe that God's anointing was there stayed with him but somehow he leaked he leaked to the point where mm. he said he was following Jesus and then he wasn't and the anointing stayed because God's anointing doesn't leave us when we go through a season of mess now to fast forward to today which I wouldn't have mentioned on a previous podcast I follow this preacher on TikTok and he's become this older man but so holy so Mm. he's come back to the Lord he's he's actually walked away from he ended up in a big scandal 
and but he walked away from from the public ministry and he just slowly teaching and coming back to um, and he, his teaching is really beautiful and you can see the authenticity in his heart so but what I'm saying is that we go through seasons of, of yes, we're saying yes, and we go mm. through seasons where we don't say yes. God is merciful. God's not going to leave, leave us or abandon us. But at the end of the day, um, let our yes be yes before the Lord. Let us choose to n- not to do things for the sake of people, but at the end, everything that is hidden will be uh, exposed. So stop trying to hide, stop trying to fool the world and stop, certainly stop trying to fool God because mm. God knows your heart, he knows everything. And so turn to the Lord in repentance and turn to the Lord and, and really let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah, and I think something else that this scripture reading can bring out is that no one is beyond redemption. Um, But as you said, repentance is necessary to enter Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven. So God's love, mercy and his grace, it's open to every single person, you listening as well, no matter what your past has looked like. Um, As I said before, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they were the lowest of society. Most people, including the religious people, didn't expect them to enter the kingdom of heaven at all. But what did they do? They welcomed John the Baptist's message of repentance and they were more receptive to it. They recognized that they needed forgiveness. They turned away from the wrong that they were doing and they then were obedient to what God had called them to. And it's exactly the same with us. God calls each of us into relationship with him. He loves us so much, doesn't condemn us, but he does call us to go and sin no more. So repentance is so important. And it's not just a one-time thing either. It's a continuous repentance where we need to constantly look inside of ourselves um, and see the areas that we need to turn from sin and see what our true motives are as well with in regards to the things that we do. Mm. And I think it's just a refreshing reminder that God doesn't expect perfection, um, but um, I guess... It, if we keep turning back to Him and we keep unpacking and and really trying to understand what this word obedience is, this virtue of obedience is, and the fruit that it bears in our life, it's like it's going to continue to change us. So though we may not be perfect, and though we might stuff up, the more we practice a virtue, um, the more it's going to change us, and the clearer we will see God, and the clearer we we do see ourselves. And and I think understanding a word like obedience is really really important. You know, for some of you listening, maybe that's a really like uncomfortable word or maybe it's a word that kind of feels like it it slaps you in the face because it's one that you're not familiar with but I think when we're talking about obedience what is so fundamental is that you know who you're being obedient to because that will change completely turn around your understanding of obedience and your desire to be obedient to that person and um, I found a really cool quote from Saint Ignatius some of you might have heard of that saint before Um, but he put it so well he said it's not hard to obey when we love the one whom we obey Mm. you know we've said it so many times but God isn't asking us to be obedient for obedience sake or because he can flex and show how he can exert control over us no it's because he loves us and any virtue that we practice like something like obedience um it bears fruit and that fruit is freedom and like god wants that for us and so really understanding that when we're talking about obedience here when jesus is really you know hammering that point home today um he's not asking for compliance that's not what he's asking for. It's an expression of love um, and of faith, which is really easy to say now, but I challenge you and invite you just as I would myself to really unpack 
who who it is, who is Jesus, and 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 see if that changes your willingness to be obedient to what He asks of you. And obedience, obedience is something that is not e- easy. It's a struggle. It's a tug of war. Mm-hmm. And obedience really is not obedience until you disagree. Because otherwise you're in agreement. It's easy to do the will of God, to follow the teachings of the church, to obey the scriptures. If you're in agreement, where it becomes a sacrifice, where it becomes something that God requires of us, is that moment where we disagree or we don't understand or we don't feel we want to. So obedience in its description, in, in its definition, is a, a sacrifice. Because it's a moment where you disagree agree you don't want to otherwise again it's it's agreement yes we're in agreement we'll walk together it becomes difficult when we disagree when we don't understand where we when we don't want to go and some people are in this place and we've come through our culture like the where we only want to obey we only want to stick to the rules only in as much as we agree with them or where we feel um, sort of they, they match our standards and where we feel offended, where we feel triggered, where we feel that we, it doesn't match what, where we want to go, then we not only disobey, but we shame those who bring about the laws. Mm. Is a, a little bit of, of a crazy place to be and opposite to the heart of, of God, which is humility and obedience. So, yeah, Lord, just always give us this grace always to to obey you, to trust you, even when it is so difficult. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner. And join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. second episode of our brand new segment girly questions if you've got a question that you'd love us to answer please feel free to shoot that through our um, social media platforms all those links can be found at our website catholicinfluencerspodcast.com or you can email it directly to us podcast at frgministry.com we would love to hear your questions and attempt to answer them in this new segment this week's question How long do we spend in purgatory and will all people in purgatory go to heaven eventually? I I don't know whether... The first thing that sort of triggers me (laughs) (laughs) about this question is how long do we spend in purgatory? Again, this is such a myopic way, short-sighted way of seeing eternity that we see things in space and in time how much we spend here's the issue we have with this that we talk about days and months in heaven and this is where the mistake of the the church was where we used to use a system called casuistry now casuistry was for example when you went to confession and you confessed a sin they would give you um, penance according to what your sin was so i could know your sin by you telling me your penance 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> so at high school, we used to do this. And they used to use it even when I was in high school. Really? And they would, um, the priests in the old school would give you, like if they did this sin, they would be given three Hail Marys. If they did this sin, we know generally they'd be given um, a decade of the rosary or a whole rosary. So we'd ask when they came out of confession. What did you so get? That, yeah. What did you get? get? <laughs> and we'd know their sin because of that. But this was also the attitude we had towards eternity. You did this sin, therefore you spent six months in purgatory. You did this sin and now to be forgiven for that you go to confession but confession doesn't take away your time in purgatory so what you had to do in order to get out of your time in purgatory was indulgence so for example the penance so it wasn't the confession that gave you a time away from purgatory it was the prayer you did after confession the not the act of contrition but the as a penance you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. so if you'd, you'd do a pilgrimage if you want 40 days of of your penance then walk around the church on your knees 20 times or go and do a pilgrimage to the holy land or clean the church or whatever but and then the powers that be would take advantage of this. They would say, oh, we need someone to clean the church. Make sure you give 20 penances to clean the church this week. Mm -hmm. Started small like that. And then eventually they started building churches and cathedrals. Oh, you want 40 days away from purgatory? Buy 40 bricks. You want a, a 100 days off? Buy 100 bricks. And they would profit from this. Mm -hmm. So this is where it started, this idea of how much time you spend in purgatory. It was never part of the Catholic teaching. It was never, uh, time never came into it until they wanted to sort of, um, until casuistry began, mm -hmm. where they needed to quantify, to simplify, and to the point where it could be abused of. And this is where we had the Reformation. This is where Luther and then uh, said, hey, uh, this is, uh, you're profiting from, from people and from eternity. You're trying to make money of uh, indulgences. And then the church repented of that and realized, hey, we were wrong mm -hmm. um, in this. But still, what's the question? What's the answer? How, how much time do we spend in, in purgatory? Well, I think we maybe should talk about what purgatory is in case anyone is unaware. Um, basically, it's a temporary state, so it's not our final destination. Um, and time in purgatory is understood to be a time of purification and a time where we can grow in holiness to prepare to meet God. So a person might still die in a state of grace, but they still might have attachment to sin. They still might carry the effects of sin in their lives. They're not fully ready to meet God. And so in purgatory, um, the soul's gradually cleansed, gradually purified um, and made ready for to meet God. Now, the church doesn't actually provide a specific time frame for how long an individual spends in purgatory. Um, and an individual's time spent, it would vary according to each person, depending on how much purification is required, mm. right? Mm. Yes. Um, I, I, again, I have a resistance. Time, though. time, yes. the word time. The word time. Yeah, but because it, it could be an in, in an instant. You know, it's a time mm. where we are given a, an extreme realization of the truth, and then we um, we come. It, it purifies us. So, and again, I come back to the thief on the side. He wasn't certainly wasn't ready. You know, he he would have, in our terms, needed purgatory. But he's, she's, Jesus said tonight. You will be with me. So maybe, I'm not saying that he didn't go through purgatory. He, he may very well have gone through purgatory. Yeah. Mm. But it's not the time that we understand in space and time that, that we know. So, um, yes, 
Uh, look, and I say this to asking questions because the church doesn't have a definition of the time. It's, it's, but we need to understand that uh, it's not, and this is why we need to pray for those who are in purgatory, that Absolutely. they would come to this realization. But one, to go to the second part of the question, um, does everyone, uh, um, Justine, I'll ask you, will all people in purgatory, those who are in purgatory, will they all go to heaven eventually or will some go to hell? Will some fail the test of purgatory? No, I think if you're in purgatory, your eyes are set on heaven. Um, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong. So you, it's are a, right, you are right. Yeah, yes. so it's, I mean, God forbid, but if you're on your way to hell and you choose that, that's where you will go out of yes. your free choice. But those who are in purgatory, is just that temporary place as people who have chosen God, who have chosen heaven, you know, um, but it's just that temporary place place of purification on their way to heaven yes so every single person who goes through the process to the state i'm going to use the time to go through the state of of a purgatory will eventually um and again i'm using the word eventually will get to heaven so um, just quickly for those who are like maybe asking hey where did you guys pull this out from like where did this idea of purgatory come from was it someone's uh, you know imaginative creation well actually it is derived from scripture yes. and I don't remember the reference exactly I know it's from so the book in, of Maccabees in the second book of Maccabees 12 39 to 46 and here's the strange thing with the reformation um, there were a lot of scriptures removed from the bible and this also any a lot of scriptures that sort of opposed um, theologies that weren't liked, okay? Like the grace and works of the books of James, some chapters of Daniel were removed, and also the books of wisdom, which is Ecclesiasticus, not Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus, and the books of 1 and 2 Maccabees, these were all removed. But these clearly talk about the intercession of the saints, they clearly talk about praying for those who have not yet made it to heaven, uh, to, um, uh, who are in a space of, in a state of of purification. So again, um, Second Maccabees chapter twelve, thirty-nine to forty-six. You can find this and read it in your own time. Yeah, and perhaps maybe just to bring this point home again. Um, it is really important that we do pray for the souls that are in purgatory. They can't pray for themselves. Um, and a way that we can love and care for those who have gone before us is to, to pray for them, offer sacrifices for them. Um, and maybe that's something you can do this week. Mm, exactly. And, and always. I, and always remember that God wants us in heaven. Mm. He wants us in heaven. So purgatory is a, uh, a state of, of mercy. It's a safety net. It's like, because no one, no one can go to heaven without being perfect. We cannot face the perfection of God being imperfect. And so what does God do? He sends his only son and through the precious blood of Christ, we walk through the blood of Christ and we walk into heaven clean. But some people through their life are not ready to walk through that. And they're saying, hey, I, I, I know of Christ. I want to walk through that. And, and, and through his mercy, God says, okay, they weren't quite ready for it. And some would say, hey, they have the, uh, this life to deal with it. And you, if you don't deal with it in this life, then too bad, too late. But God, I think, re has revealed his um, infinite mercy, this infinite pursuit of us, that God will do everything uh, in, in his power, in a sense, to bring us back to bring us to heaven. So it is a place of mercy and nothing to be afraid of. It's great. Another curly question under the belt. Yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> this. Um, yeah, if you've got any questions you'd like us to perhaps tackle, once again, send those through to us, podcast at frgministry.com. This brings us to the end of episode two, season 10. 
flying through the season, guys. Oh. <laughs> We're doing well. Whizzing past. <laughs> um, make sure you keep in touch with us. Social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. What else are we on? Facebook, all the things. Um, find those links at our website, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. And have a great week, guys. Look yes. forward to sharing the fun. table with you next week. We'll see you again. Yeah, from you again next week. Check out and also one 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 thing. If you <laughs> if you listen to us, make sure you check out our YouTube. You can actually see us. For those of you who see us, make sure you subscribe on on your um, um pod platform where platform. you download <laughs> podcasts because that brings up our ratings as well. Thank you. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs> ciao. ciao. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.